You can support Sapphire Planet by visiting the online store at sapphireplanet.com. Welcome. Your journey is just beginning. Entering the Sapphire Planet. You are now in the Sapphire Planet. The United States Capitol, often called the Capitol Building, is the home of the United States Congress and the seat of legislative branch of the U.S. federal government. It sits atop Capitol Hill at the eastern end of the National Mall in Washington, D.C. Though not at the geographic center of the federal district, the Capitol forms the origin point for the district's street numbering system and the district's four quadrants. The original building was completed in 1800 and it was subsequently expanded particularly with the addition of the massive dome and expanded chambers for the bicameral legislature, the House of Representatives in the South Wing and the Senate in the North Wing. Like the principal buildings of the executive and judicial branches, the Capitol is built in a distinctive neoclassical style and has a white exterior. Both its east and west elevations are formally referred to as fronts, though only the east front was intended for the reception of visitors and dignitaries. Prior to the establishing the nation's capital in Washington, D.C., the United States Congress and its predecessors had met in Philadelphia at Independence Hall and Congress Hall at New York City in Federal Hall, and a number of other locations, York, Pennsylvania, Lancaster, Pennsylvania, Maryland State House in Annapolis, and Nassau Hall in Princeton, New Jersey. In September 1774, the first Continental Congress brought together delegates from the colonies in Philadelphia, followed by the Second Continental Congress, which met from May 1775 to March 1781. After adopting the Articles of Confederation in York, Pennsylvania, 
The Congress of the Confederation was formed and convened in Philadelphia from March 1781 until June 1783, when a mob of angry soldiers converged upon Independence Hall, demanding payment for their service during the American Revolutionary War. Congress requested that John Dickinson, the governor of Pennsylvania, call up the militia to defend Congress from attacks by the protesters. In what became known as the Pennsylvania Mutiny of 1783, Dickinson sympathized with the protesters and refused to remove them from Philadelphia. As a result, Congress was forced to flee Princeton, New Jersey on June 21, 1783, and met in Annapolis, Maryland, and Trenton, New Jersey, before ending up in New York City. The United States Congress was established upon ratification of the United States Constitution and formally began on March 4, 1789. New York City remained home to Congress until July 1790 when the Residence Act was passed to pave the way for a permanent, a permanent capital. The decision to locate the capital was contentious, but Alexander Hamilton helped broker a compromise in which the federal government would take the war debt incurred during the American Revolutionary War in exchange for support from northern states for locating the capital along the Potomac River. As part of the legislation, Philadelphia was chosen as a temporary capital for 10 years until December 1800, until the nation's capital in Washington, D.C. would be ready. Pierre Charles Lafont was given the task of creating the city plan for the new capital city. Lafont chose Jenkins Hill as the site for the Congress House, with a Grand Avenue, now Pennsylvania Avenue, connecting it with the President's House, and a public space containing a broader Grand Avenue, now known as the National Mall, stretching westward to the Potomac River. In reviewing Lafont's plan, Thomas Jefferson insisted the legislative building be called the Capitol rather than the Congress House. The word Capitol comes from Latin and associated with the Temple of Jupiter Optimus Maximus on Capitoline Hill, one of the seven hills of Rome. The connection between the two is not, however, crystal clear. In addition to coming up with a city plan, Lafont had been asked and tasked with designing the Capitol and the President's House. However, he was dismissed in February 1792 over disagreements with President George Washington and the commissioners, and there were no plans at that point for the Capitol. In spring 1792, United States Secretary of State Thomas Jefferson proposed a design competition to solicit designs for the capital of the President's House and set a four-month deadline. The prize for the competition was 
and a lot in the federal city. At least 10 individuals submitted designs for the Capitol. However, the drawings were regarded as crude and amateurish, reflecting the level of architectural skill present in the United States at the time. The most promising of the submissions was Stephen Hallett, a trained French architect. However, Hallett's designs were overly fancy with too much French influence and were deemed too costly. A late entry by amateur architect William Thornton was submitted on January 31, 1793. To much praise for its grandeur, simplicity, and beauty by Washington, along with praise from Thomas Jefferson. Thornton was inspired by the east front of the Louvre, as well as the Paris Pantheon for the center portion of the design. Thornton's design was officially approved in a letter dated April 5, 1793 from Washington, and Thornton served as the first architect of the Capitol and later the first superintendent of the United States Patent Office. In an effort to console Hollett, the commissioners pointed him to review Thornton's plans, develop cost estimates, and serve as superintendent of construction. Hallett proceeded to pick apart and make drastic changes to Thornton's design, which he saw as costly to build and problematic. In July 1793, Jefferson convened a five-member commission, bringing Hallett and Thornton together along with James Hoban, winning architect of the President's Palace, to address problems with and revise Thornton's plan. Hallett suggested changes to the floor plan, which could be fitted with the exterior design by Thornton. The revised plan was accepted, except that Secretary Jefferson and President Washington insisted on an open recess in the center of the East Front, which was part of Thornton's original plan. The original design by Thornton was later modified by famous British-American architects Benjamin Henry Latrobe Sr. and then by Charles Bullfinch. The current cast-iron dome in the house's new southern extension and Senate new northern wing were designed by Thomas U. Walter and August Schoenborn, a German immigrant in the 1850s and were completed under the supervision of Edward Clark. Lafont secured the lease of quarries at Wigginton Island and along Aqua Creek in Virginia for use in the foundations and outer walls of the Capitol in November 1791. Surveying was underway soon after Jefferson Conference plan for the Capitol was accepted. On September 18, 1793, President George Washington, along with the eight other Freemasons, dressed in Masonic regalia, laid the cornerstone which was made by silversmith Caleb Bentley. Construction proceeded with Hallett working under supervision of James Hoban, who was also busy working on construction of the President's House, also later known as the Executive Mansion. Despite the wishes of Jefferson and the president, 
Hallett went ahead anyway and modified Thornton's design for the east front and created a square central court that projected from the center with flanking wings, which would house the legislative bodies. Hallett was dismissed by Secretary Jefferson on November 15, 1794. George Hadfield was hired on October 15, 1795 as superintendent of construction, but resigned three years later in May 1798 because of his dissatisfaction with the Thornton plan and the quality of the work done thus far. The Senate North Wing was completed in the 1800, in 1800. The Senate and the House shared quarters in the North Wing until a temporary wooden pavilion was erected on the future site of the House Wing, which served for a few years for the representatives to meet in until the House of Representatives, which was the South Wing, was finally completed in 1811 with a covered wooden temporary walkway connecting the two wings with the congressional chambers where the future center section with rotunda and dome would someday rise. However, the House of Representatives moved early into their house wing in 1807, though the Senate wing building was incomplete. The Capitol held its first session of the United States Congress with both chambers in session on November 17, 1800. The National Legislature was moved to Washington prematurely at the urging of President John Adams in hopes of securing enough Southern votes in the Electoral College to be re-elected for a second term as president. For several decades, beginning when the federal government moved to Washington in the fall of 1800, the Capitol building was used for Sunday religious services as well as for governmental functions. The first services were conducted in the hall of the house in the north wing of the building. In 1801, the house moved to temporary quarters in the south wing called the oven, which it vacated in 1804 returning to the North Wing for three years. Then from 1807 to 1857, they were held in the then House Chamber, now called Statuary Hall. When held in the House Chamber, the Speaker's podium was used as the preacher's pulpit. According to the U.S. Library of Congress exhibit, Religion and the Founding of American Republic. It is no exaggeration to say that on Sundays in Washington, during the administrations of Thomas Jefferson and of James Madison, the state became the church. Within a year of his inauguration, Jefferson began attending church services in the chamber of the House of Representatives. Madison followed Jefferson's example, although unlike Jefferson, who rode on horseback to church in the Capitol, Madison came in a coach and four. Worship services in the house, a practice that continued until after the Civil War, 
were acceptable to Jefferson because they were non-discriminatory and voluntary. Preachers of every prominent Protestant denomination appeared. Catholic priests began officiating in 1826. As early as January 1806, a female evangelist, Dorothy Ripley, delivered a camp meeting style exhortation in the house to Jefferson, Vice President Aaron Burr, and a crowded audience. Not long after the completion of both wings, the capital was partially burned by the British on August 24, 1814, during the War of 1812. George Bumford and Joseph Gardner Swift, both military engineers, were called upon to help rebuild the capital. Reconstruction began in 1815 and included redesigned chambers for both Senate and House wings, which were completed in 1819. During the Reconstruction, Congress met in the Old Brick Capitol, a temporary structure financed by local investors. Construction continued through 1826 when the addition of the center section with front steps and column portico and interior rotunda rising above the first low dome of the Capitol. Latrobe is princely connected with the original construction and many innovative interior features. His successor, Bullfinch, also played a major role, such as the design of the first low dome covered in copper. By 1850, it became clear that the capital could not accommodate the growing number of legislatures arriving from the newly admitted states. A new design competition was held, and President Millard Fillmore appointed Philadelphia architect Thomas U. Walter to carry out the expansion. Two new wings were added, a new chamber for the House of Representatives on the south side and a new chamber for the Senate of the North. When the Capitol was expanded in the 1850s, some of the construction labor was carried out by slaves who cut the logs, laid the stones, and baked the bricks. The original plan was to use workers brought in from Europe. However, there was a poor response to recruitment efforts, and African-Americans some free and some enslaved, composed the majority of the workforce. The United States Capitol Dome is the dome situated above the United States Capitol, which reaches upward to 288 feet in height and 96 feet in diameter. The dome was designed by Thomas U. Walter, the fourth architect of the Capitol, and constructed between 1855 and 1866 at a cost of $1,000,000. That is equivalent to $240,000,000 today. The dome is not stone, but 
cast iron carefully painted to appear to be made of the same stone as the main capitol building. It is actually two domes, one inside the other for a total weight of 14 million pounds. The iron for the dome was cast by the foundry of James, Fowler, Kirtland and Company, owned by Adrian Janes in the Bronx, New York City. The origin of the first dome began with the Capitol Design Contest sponsored by the Secretary of State, Thomas Jefferson, at the behest of President George Washington in 1792. The winner of the contest, Dr. William Thornton, called for a dome in his original designs for the building. Most vividly, Thornton drew upon the Roman pantheon for inspiration with a neoclassical dome and associated portico. Thornton's replacement, Benjamin Henry Latrobe, the second architect of the Capitol, altered Thornton's designs plans on the exterior by adding an octagonal drum to visually separate the bottom of the dome from the top of the building's pediment. The third architect of the Capitol, Charles Bullfinch, altered the exterior profile of the plan still further by increasing the dome's height, which he later wrote was the, at the insistence of the President and Congress. In 1822, Bullfrisch requested funds for the construction of the center of the building. And President Moore, Monroe, signed off on an appropriation of $120,000. This included the building of a double dome structure a stone, brick, and wooden interior dome to rise 96 feet above the rotunda floor, matching the dimensions of the Pantheon, and a wooden exterior dome covered in copper that would rise 140 feet. Set at the crown of the exterior dome was an oculus 24 feet wide, which provided illumination to the rotunda floor below. Bullfinch completed the project in 1823. For more than two decades, the green copper dome of the Capitol greeted visitors to the nation's capital until the 1850s. Due to the growth of the United States, the expansion and addition of new states, the size of the United States Congress had grown accordingly and pushed the limits of the capacity of the Capitol. Under the guidance of the fourth architect of the Capitol, Thomas U. Walter, extensions were built onto the north and south wings of the building. In the process, the new, longer buildings made the original Bullfitch Dome appear aesthetically displeasing, and it had been, in any case, been the object of much prior criticism anyway. Congress, after lobbying by Walter and Montgomery C. Meggs, then supervising engineer, passed legislation to build a bigger dome in 1855. The second dome is the current dome. The current cast iron dome of the United States Capitol is the second dome to sit above the building. 
Plans began in May 1854 to build a new cast iron dome for the United States Capitol. Sold on aesthetics of a new dome as well as the utility of a fireproof one. Influenced by the great domes of Europe, Walter paid particular attention to the Pantheon of Paris, St. Paul's Cathedral in London, and St. Peter's Basilica in Rome. William Allen, historian, capital, described Walter's first design as a tall ellipsoidal dome standing on a two-story drum with a ring of 40 columns forming a peristyle surrounding the lower half of the drum. The upper part of the drum was enriched with decorated pilasters holding up bracketed attic. Crowning the composition was a statue on a slender column. Walter drafted a seven-foot drawing of the aforementioned design and displayed it in his office, where it drew the excited attention of the members of Congress in 1854. A year later, on March 3rd, 1855, President Franklin Pierce signed off on the appropriations of $100,000, equivalent to $40 million today, to build the dome. Construction began after some practical changes in the original design, such as the reduction of the columns from 40 to 36 in September of that year with the removal of the dome raised by Charles Bullfinch. A unique scaffold was built inside the rotunda, designed to keep the weight away from the weak center area on the floor, and a crane was set within to run on a steam-powered engine fueled by the salvaged wood from the old dome. Over the next 11 years, the dome designed with an interior dome and an exterior dome rose over the nation's capital. By December 2nd, 1863, Walter was able to set the Statue of Freedom atop the dome. This was not accomplished until after Walter had been forced to revise the design of the dome to handle the statue, which had been delivered taller and heavier than requested. Yet the man who designed the dome did not see its total completion because Thomas Walter resigned in 1865. His replacement, Edward Clark, assumed the role of finishing the last aspect of the dome. Just over a month later, in January 1866, Constantino Brumati, who had been hired to paint a fresco on the platform above the interior's dome's oculus, removed the scaffolding used during his work on the apotheosis of Washington. This signaled the end of the construction for the United States Capitol Dome. Some nine million pounds of iron were ultimately used in the construction that ran virtually 11 years. Inside, the interior dome rises to 180 feet over the rotunda floor. And outside, the exterior dome ascends to 288 feet including the height of the Statue of Freedom. 
The total cost of the dome was $1 million, equivalent to $240 million today. Visitation of the dome is highly restricted, usually offered only to members of Congress and their select guests. When looking up for the rotunda floor, the railing some 180 feet above is barely visible. Visitors ascend a series of metal stairs between the inner and outer domes. They eventually wind their way to a balcony just underneath the Apotheos of Washington. From this view, the painting is curved and distorted. From the balcony, metal stairs take visitors over the painting and up to the outside balcony under the Tholos, directly beneath the Statue of Freedom. Additional stairs lead up to the statue for maintenance. Within the column Tholus, upon which stands the Statue of Freedom, there are two lights which serve as signifiers to the people of Washington and the nation that either one or both Congress, houses of Congress are in night sessions. The white light signifies that the House of Representatives is in night session. The red light signifies that the Senate is in night session. When both white and red lights burn together, they signify that the two houses of Congress are each in night sessions or that the two houses are in a joint session. Restoration and conservation of the Capitol's dome, cantilevered, peristyle, and skirting occurred in 2012. In 2013, the architectural architect of the Capitol announced a tentative four-year, $10 million project to repair and conserve the Capitol dome. The project involved both interior work to the rotunda and exterior work on the dome. The proposal would require erecting white scaffolding around the dome, stripping the paint, repairing the ironwork, repainting the dome, and installing new lighting. The work was needed because the dome, which last underwent major repair and conservation in 1960, was rusting, and some ironwork had fallen from the structure. Congress had appropriated no funds for the project, however. A 60 million two-year restoration started in early 2014 includes removing paint, priming, and quickly repainting. Steel pins and metal stitching will be used to repair, were used to repair cracks and water damage inside the fixed. Scaffolding was erected around the dome in November 2014. The project was slated to be completed and the scaffolding removed in time for the 2017 presidential inauguration. And indeed, all the exterior scaffolding was removed by the end of the summer of 2016. When the Capitol's new dome was finally completed, its massive visual weight, in turn, overpowered the proportions of the columns of the East Portico, built in 1828. The east front of the Capitol buildings was rebuilt in 1904. 
following a design of the architects Carey and Hastings, who also designed the Russell Senate and Cannon House office buildings. The next major expansion of the Capitol started in 1958 with a 33-and-a-half-foot extension of the East Portico. During this project in 1960, the dome underwent a restoration. A marble duplicate of the sandstone east front was built 33-and-a-half feet from the old front. In 1962, a connecting extension incorporated what had been the outside wall as an inside wall. In the process, the Corinthian columns were removed. It was not until 1984 that landscape designer Russell Page created a suitable setting for them in a large meadow, now at the U.S. National Arboretum in Northeast Washington, as the National Capitol Columns, where they are combined with a reflecting pool in an ensemble that reminds some visitors of the ruins of Perisopolis in Persia. Besides the columns, hundreds of blocks of the original stone were removed and stored behind a National Park Service maintenance yard in Rock Creek Park. On December 19, 1960, the Capitol was declared a National Historic Landmark by the National Park Service. The building was ranked number six in the 2007 survey conducting by the American Institute of Architects as America's favorite architecture list. The Capitol draws heavily from other notable buildings, especially churches and landmarks in Europe, including the Dome of St. Peter's Basilica in the Vatican and St. Paul's Cathedral in London. On the roofs of the Senate and House chambers are flagpoles that fly the U.S. flag, whether when either is in session. On September 18, 1993, to commemorate the Capitol's bicentennial, the Masonic ritual cornerstone laying with George Washington was reenacted. U.S. Senator Strom Thurmond was one of the Freemason politicians who took part in the ceremony. In June 2000, ground was broken for the Capitol Visitor Center, which opened December 2, 2008. From 2001 through 2008, the east front of the Capitol, site of most presidential inaugurations until Ronald Reagan began a new tradition in 1981, was the site of construction for the massive underground complex designed to facilitate a more orderly entrance for visitors to the Capitol. Prior to the center being built, visitors to the Capitol had to line up in the basement of the Cannon House office building or the Russell Senate office building. The new underground facility provides a grand entrance hall, a visitor's theater room, rooms for exhibits, and dining and restroom facilities, in addition to space for building necessities such as an underground service tunnel.
a large-scale capital dome restoration project, the first extensive work since 1959-1960 began in 2014, with a completion scheduled before the 2017 presidential inauguration. As of 2012, 20 million in work around the skirt of the dome had been completed, but the other deterioration, including at least 1,300 cracks in the brittle iron that had led to the rusting and seepage inside, needed to be addressed. Before the August 2012 recess, the Senate Appropriations Committee voted to spend $61 million to repair the exterior of the dome. The House wanted to spend less on government operations, but in late 2013, it was announced that the renovations would take place over two years, starting in spring 2014. Extensive scaffolding was erected in 2014, enclosing and obscuring the dome. All exterior scaffolding was removed by mid-September 2016. The Capitol building is marked by its central dome above the rotunda in the central section of the structure, which also includes the, ori the older, original, smaller center flanked by the two original, smaller wings, which is known as Inner North and Inner South, containing the two original, smaller meeting chambers for the Senate and the House of Representatives, and then flanked by the two further extended or newer wings, one also for each chamber of the larger, more populous Congress. The new North Wing is the Senate Chamber and the new South Wing is the House of Representatives Chamber. All these newer chambers are galleries where visitors can watch the Senate and House of Representatives. It is an example of neoclassical architectural style. Underground tunnels and internal subways connect the Capitol building with the Congressional Office Building in the Capitol Complex. All rooms in the Capitol are designated as either S for Senate or H for House, depending on whether they are in the Senate or House Wing of the Capitol. The Capitol has a long history of art in the United States, beginning in 1856 with the Italian-Greek-American artist Constantino Brumati and his murals in the hallways of the first floor of the Senate side of the Capitol. The murals known as Bermati Corridors reflect great moments and people in the United States history. Among the original works are those depicting Benjamin Franklin, John Finch, Robert Fulton, and even events such as the Secession of Louisiana. Also decorating the walls are animals, insects, and natural flora indigenous to the United States. Brumati's design left many spaces open so that future events in the United States history could be added. Among those added are the Spirit of St. Louis, the moon landing, and the Space Shuttle Challenger shuttle crew. Brumati also worked within the rotunda. He is responsible for painting the apothesis of Washington beneath the top of the dome and is also famous Freeze of American History, the Pathias of Washington, was completed in 11 months and painted by Brumati while suspended nearly 180 feet in the air.
It is said to be the first attempt by the United States to deify a founding father. Washington is depicted surrounded by 13 maidens in an inner ring, with many Greek and Roman gods and goddesses below him in a second ring. The frieze is located around the inside of the base of the dome and is a chronological pictorial history of the United States from the landing of Christopher Columbus to the Wright brothers' flight in Kitty Hawk, North Carolina. The frieze was started in 1878 and was not completed until 1953. The frieze was therefore painted by four different artists, Bramati, Filippo Castagini, Charles Ayer, Ayer Whipple, and Alan Cox. The final scenes depicted in the fresco had not yet occurred when Brumati began his frieze of the United States history. With the rotunda, there are eight large paintings about the development of the United States as a nation. On the east side are four paintings depicting major events in the discovery of America. On the west are four paintings depicting the founding of the United States. The east side paintings include the baptism of Pocahontas by John Gadsby Chapman, the embarkation of the pilgrims by Robert Walter Weir, the discovery of Mississippi by William Henry Powell, and the landing of Columbus by John Vanderlyn. The paintings on the west side are by John Trumbull, Declaration of Independence, Surrender of General Bourgeon, and Surrender of Lord Cornwallis, and General Washington resigning his commission. Trumbull was a contemporary of the United States founding fathers and a participant in the American Revolutionary War. He painted a self-portrait into the surrender, of Lord the surrender of Lord Cornwallis. The first reading of the Emancipation Proclamation of President Lincoln hangs over the west staircase in the Senate wing. The Capitol also houses the National Statuary Hall Collection, comprising of two statues donated by each of the 50 states to honor persons notable in their histories. One of the most notable statues in the National Statuary Hall is the bronze statue of King Kamehameha, donated by the state of Hawaii upon its accession to the Union in 1959. The statue's extraordinary weight of 15,000 pounds raised concern that it might come crashing through the floor so it was moved to the Emancipation Hall of the new Capitol's Visitor Center. The 100th and last statue for the collection, that of Pope from the state of New Mexico, was added on September 22, 2005. It was the first statue moved into the Emancipation Hall. On the ground floor is an area known as the Crypt, it was intended to be the burial place of George Washington, with a ringed balustrade at the center of the rotunda, above looking down to his tomb. However, under the stipulations of his last will, Washington was buried at Mount Vernon. The crypt houses exhibits on the history of the capital, 
A compass star inlaid in the floor marks the point at which Washington, D.C. is divided into four quadrants and is the basis for how addresses in Washington, D.C. are designated, northeast, northwest, southeast, or southwest. However, due to the retrocession of the Virginian portions of the district, the geographic center of the city lies near the White House. Within the crypt is the Gutzon Borglum's massive Abraham Lincoln bust. The sculptor had a fascination with the large-scale art and themes of heroic nationalism and carved the piece from a six-ton block of marble. Borglum carved the bust in 1908, and it was donated to the Congress by Eugene Meyer, Jr., and accepted by the Joint Committee on the Library in the same year. The pedestal was specially designed by the sculptor and installed in 1911. The bust and pedestal were on display in the rotunda for many years, until 1979, when, after a rearrangement of all sculptures in the rotunda, they were placed in the crypt. Borglum was a patriot, believing that the monuments we have built are not our own. He looked to create art that was American, drawn from American sources, memorializing American achievement. According to a 1908 interview, Borglum's depiction of Lincoln was also accurate. That it was so accurate that Robert Todd Lincoln, the president's son, praised the bust as the most extraordinarily good portrait of my father I have ever seen. Supposedly, according to legend, the marble head remains unfinished, missing a left ear, to symbolize Lincoln's unfinished life. The Capitol grounds covering approximately 274 acres with the grounds proper consisting mostly of lawns, walkways, streets, drives, and planting areas. Several monumental sculptures used to be located on the east facade and lawn of the Capitol building, including the Rescue and George Washington. The current grounds were designed by noted American landscape architect Frederick Law Olmsted who planned the expansion and landscaping performed from 1874 to 1892. In 1875, as one of his first recommendations, Olmsted proposed the construction of a marble terraces on the north, west, and south sides of the building that exist today. Olmsted also designed the summer house, the open air brick building that sits just north of the Capitol. Three arches open to the hexagonal structure, which encloses a fountain and 22 brick chairs. The fourth wall holds a small window that looks onto an artificial grotto. Built between 1879 and 1881, the summer house was intended to answer complaints that visitors to the Capitol had no place to sit and no place to obtain water for their horses and themselves. Modern drinking fountains have replaced Olmsted's fountains for the latter purpose. Olmsted intended to build a second matching summer house on the southern side of the Capitol. 
but congressional objections led to the project's cancellation. Up to four U.S. flags can be seen flying over the Capitol. Two flagpoles are located at the base of the dome at the east and west sides. These flagpoles have been flown, have flown the flag day and night since World War I. Your journey is now ending. the Sapphire Planet. Goodbye from the Sapphire Planet. Own a piece of the planet. Now you can purchase Sapphire Planet merchandise online at sapphireplanet.com.